أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ عَفْوَاجَهِ فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا صَدَقَ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم What is true for your life is that you will have gain you will over your, the period of your life you will <coughs> gain more relationships you'll gain more wealth you'll gain more knowledge and we we view our lives through that perspective and we therefore construct the sense of our lives on the basis of our accumulation and our gain. And we make this aspect of our lives the fundamental truth of our lives, our gain. And what is even more true about your life is that you will lose. You will be tested with your wealth. You'll be tested with your significance. You'll be tested with your relationships and you will get to a point where you know, deeply you will know, that you stand alone in front of your Rabb, stripped of all pretense and stripped of all baggage and accumulation. Of the two truths, the truth of accumulation and the truth of stripping away, the latter is the deeper truth. <coughs> there's, there's no such thing as a wealthy corpse. There's no such thing as a significant corpse. There's no such thing as a trustworthy corpse, as, um, as a praiseworthy corpse. They all go the same way. It is therefore very important that we dedicate a good proportion of our lives rehearsing not for gain, not for accumulation, but for catastrophic failure. Who are you and what are you when it's all been stripped away? 
when all of your endeavors have been proved to be futile and you are like an ant in the wake in the in the in the in the um, in the stream of a of a of a of a raging torrent defenseless because <coughs> that's your highest nature that's your truest nature My experience of dealing with this rather indigestible fact and truth is that in my life, <coughs> the only foundation and the only anchor that I found is in my practice. There's uh, there's always shade on a masala. There's always a coolness in the liquor. There's always a quietude in dua. And a peace in meditation. So the more we can create the conditions where our day-to-day lives are, are done in the spirit of practice. In other words, deliberately trying to do what you do as mindfully and as, as well as you can, and to make that the purpose of your life, is the degree to which you are comparatively secured <coughs> from catastrophe. <coughs> And fundamentally, the reason for this is that you're not making your sense of security based on what you get from life and what you get from others, but you make your sense of security what you do, what you give, and the excellence of what you do. This insight is liberating, but it also comes with a health warning. Because if you get onto this path, the path of the Fukara, know that your Rabb will test you. This is not speculative. This is not a maybe. It will happen. You'll be tested with your wealth. You'll be tested with your significance. You'll be tested with the regard of others. And you'll get to points in your life where you will feel <coughs> completely desolate and unutterably alone and without recourse like a man who spent his last resource and now has his back to the wall and there's nowhere else to go this is going to happen to you because this is what this path demands you cannot call yourself a fakir if you are not a fakir a fakir, the word fakir means a poor person Our project in the Zara is the project of all Tasawuf. And that project is not gain, but an eloquence in loss. Now that doesn't mean to say we're deliberately going to want to go and lose everything. 
Because the losing that you have to do is not by your will, it is by His. It is what He takes away and what He grants. SubhanAllah. But how, how practiced are you? And do you commit to the practice of being the grateful slave in the face of catastrophic loss and catastrophic failure? It's easy to be the grateful slave when it's all going your way. It's easy, <coughs> easy to, uh, to be happy and cheerful when all of your life is just affirmation and clapping and happiness. But when the enemy have breached the walls and the city is under ravish and there's blood flowing in the streets and all of what you've endeavored is being destroyed in front of your eyes, who are you then? And the, the person who can joyfully maintain the equanimity of their poise and do what is appropriate in terms of what Behram puts in front of them then, that is the only person who's free. All the others are slaves, and all the others will be destroyed by that event. Whereas the man who can deal with catastrophic failure and still stay enchanted is unconquerable. Is beyond manipulation. story when I was with Marabi too. I like to quote this story frequently. It um, relates to uh, an experience that Sheikh Abu Qadr had with Sheikh Muhammad ibn al-Habib. I may have the details of it wrong because it was, I first heard this in the early 80s, but it stayed with me. Um, when Sheikh Abu Qadr uh, before he got his idhan, he used to spend a lot of time with Sheikh Muhammad ibn Habib in his, uh, his zawiya in Meknes, in Morocco. And there was a fakir um, who Sheikh Abu Qadr thought was a very grouchy old man. Because Sheikh Abu Qadr was in the habit of always saying, Alhamdulillah. You know, new Muslims, we like to catch these little catchphrases and get great pleasure in using them. And Alhamdulillah was one of the things that Shah Baqadr used to use all the time. You know, isn't the rice nice? Alhamdulillah, oh, the couscous is wonderful. Alhamdulillah, the tea is delicious. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And one day, this grouchy old man who was part of Shah Mahmoud Habib's uh, circle clearly got irritated with Shah Baqadr and came up to him and looked him squarely in the eye and said, Yes, Alhamdulillah. In a way that was always felt insulting. So Shah Baqadr was a bit wounded. And didn't quite know what the old man was saying. It just so happened that sometime later, they were sitting in a majlis, and this old man was there, as was the sheikh, as was Sheikh Abu And news came that this old man had just lost all three his sons in a car accident. And this old man sat back, took a deep breath, and said, Alhamdulillah. And then Sheikh Abu Qadr said he understood what he was trying to say. 
It's easy to say Alhamdulillah when the sweet tea is nice and sweet. Can you still say it with sincerity, with equanimity and a cool eye when all three of your sons have been killed? Alhamdulillah. And this is, this is the capacity that we're trying to develop here. This is not a callousness. This is not either or superhuman. This is exercising the highest possibility. Because the person who has that poise will never be overwhelmed. That person is already in the garden. Alhamdulillah. May grant us nearness to him. May grant us annihilation to him. May grant us death before we die. In Allah, our Allah,